Shut Up and Invest. Shut Up and Invest. What's going on, my people? Welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Invest. I'm here with the host with the most, Jay Money in the house. What's up, what's up, what's up? How you guys doing out there today, man? Nice Wednesday afternoon. Hump day. How you doing today, Kevin? I'm feeling it today, <laughs> man. I started going back to the you gym. Look like it, man. That's, I went back to the gym slow. this week. I'm walking like I'm hurting. It takes two weeks from from my body to say, "Okay, we're back." <laughs> I was out for like seven. I love to ask you how long you've been out. Seven and a half weeks, man. I'm like, uh, I've been out of the gym. I've been still running consistently, but um, I kind of was doing these short runs. I went back to my three mile, five a.m. runs this morning. I call it my five k at five a.m. So tomorrow I will be feeling that. But hey, you know. Coming off a of real food mama, we got to make sure we invest in our health. We <laughs> <laughs> didn't listen to the previous show with real food mama. Actually, we don't know if we're going to release her before or after we don't the show. Know, yeah. so. She'll be on at some point. Yeah. Look for the real food mama show. She uh, got scientific with the food about how <laughs> it, it plays with my wallet and my money. She broke it down. She definitely broke it down. Yeah. Bro, <sighs> what? How in the world do you get? the energy to do anything at five in the morning that requires exercise because I'm not doing anything that requires exercise at five in the morning. I mean, I think it's just a, what do they call it, muscle memory right now? Like, I'm just, I've just determined that I'm going to do this in the morning because if I don't do it in the morning, I'm the kind of guy where it gets out of hand. I can't do no, it. No, I'm cool that. with morning. But not 5 a.m. Yeah, morning. yeah. We're talking about 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> well, I told you again. I got, I got kids. I mean, if, if you want to get that in, you better you better do it before they get up. So I got kids, man. And like, you know, actually today is a good day. I told, my, I told Jackie, look, I got my running at 5. Got my reading in. Got my meditation prayer time in. And, and, and I'm good today. When I miss that, it's a bad day. So like, I have to do that. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. literally have to. No, no. I'm all about the morning routine. But mine starts at 7. <laughs> <laughs> Two more hours, bro. <laughs> but I go to bed. But you go late. to bed earlier than me too, though. What, you know? what time you go to bed? I mean, there's the days where I'll be down. I'll be in my office working till about twelve, twelve thirty. But when I'm not, I'm usually in bed. Like me and my wife are in bed at like eight. Like in bed, like we close the door, lock it, don't burn the house down, kids. You know, we're in bed at like eight, and I'm probably passing out like. You know, 10, 10, 30, as long okay. as it's not a West Coast basketball game on. You know? Yeah. Nah. I, That's never you, right? No. Like, if I go to bed before 12, it's because I was dead tired. So, mm-hmm. usually it's between 12 and 1. Yeah. That's yeah. the usual average time for me. And I'll do a lot of good work sometimes till yeah. about that time. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, there's days where I'll grind until about 12, 30, want to get a lot done. But then also, I'm like, if I get that, like, you're getting those two hours in later, and I'm trying to get those couple hours in earlier. So yeah. it just depends, you know. So what's up? What we, got, what we got today? What's on the menu? I think today we're going to uh, talk to you about uh, one of the deals you lost, right? A little that creative, creative one? Deal. Did you lose it? You, yeah, yeah, well, a guy walked out of the closing table. Yeah, so like, again, like we said, we're going to bring you guys... This won't be short and sweet. But yeah, a little short deal breakdown. Um, We want to make sure we're giving you guys some practical stuff that we're doing day by day and just kind of our stories and what's going on with us. So I think we'll talk about that deal today. Yeah. The the, the advantage of being a private lender is that you get a lot of people to come and approach you and they don't necessarily want to sometimes acquire a property. This guy wanted to save his property. Mm-hmm. So it was a unique situation, and we got to be very careful because there's a lot of foreclosure, bailout, you know, litigation and whatnot. So um, he wanted to stay in the property. I wanted to help him stay in the property. 
the advantages that I have in those particular situations, which again, that's why I tell people, you know, make sure you have a team because you want to call your mortgage broker or your lender and you want to call your attorney and you want to call your insurance guy and run scenarios by them so that from their area of expertise, they can give you a heads up because if he wanted to keep the property, um, I needed to structure a solution for him that in a couple of years, he can come back and pay off whatever yeah, solution we give him. So this is an investor or a homeowner? So basically the story was this was a homeowner who was going into foreclosure. He wanted to keep the property. Um, he was basically behind by like $23,000. So they were giving him an option. He had already done a loan modification prior to going into foreclosure, prior to getting laid off. Mm. Um, this came recommended by one of my investors who is in the same industry as him and said, this guy was laid off for like four or five months, fell behind, and wasn't able to catch up. So he uh, had the loan mod, right? Right. But why he still had his job. Why he still had his job. Okay. Then he had... The layoff, then the, the then he fell behind and fell into foreclosure. They I gave get, him um, a chance to to basically reinstate the loan by paying off the twenty three thousand, and that's what he was contacting me for. Yeah, I've been doing some research about loan mods, and they have a a, a high rate of redefault. Yeah, so, I mean, and at, once they kind of once the bank says what a loan modification is, if you don't know, is um, you went and basically said, hey, I know we did a loan. X amount of years ago at these terms, but things have changed and I want to be able to modify. Let's renegotiate these terms because I don't want to default on the loan and I still want to be able to pay you. And then the bank basically pre-approves you now or to consider renegotiating and giving you better terms that are going to make it easier for you to pay. But then the strict rule is... If we already modified it, if you fall behind, no mercy. No mercy, right. Because we already showed you some love. And so these, I mean, we started to see a surge of these after the, you know, housing crash in 07, 08, correct? Was there, Huge. I know you were doing it before that. Were you seeing modifications before the market crash then? Or this was something that was no. new? Because it was like yeah. new laws that came out that allowed exactly. this to happen. I mean, I never heard of a loan mod until it crashed. Yeah. They're still doing them today, or is it something that you know, no? They're still doing? actually not obviously not as popular as it was during that era, but there's still people right now trying to negotiate both short sales and loan modifications. Got it, got it. So because of all the RESPA guidelines and what I couldn't specifically do, first of all, no one's going to touch him. He's behind on his mortgage currently when he's approaching currently. me. Um, so you couldn't really re- you couldn't refinance yeah. Him th- right there now. wasn't anything that we really we can do at that moment. So the natural reaction was like, sorry, buddy, you know, like there is no loan options to bail you out. Mm-hmm. You're behind. No one's going to want to lend you money because <laughs> you're behind. I'm going to give you more money when you're behind than what we already gave you. So I said, listen, you need to find a private guy that's willing to help you out. That this not, you know, it's not an institution. It's not a company. Um, like a buddy, basically. Mm-hmm. And then you work something out. He'll probably put a lien on your property just to protect the money and you guys got to work that out and this is kind of a uh, so basically be like uh, bringing somebody in to have a second 
the second to cover the back the back pay. Right, but that's also risky for whoever decides to do that because the first mortgage is always in first position. So if I am your cousin or your buddy or you know whoever or even an investor who says, "All right, you know what? I'll lend you the 23,000, but now you got to pay me a 20% interest rate back." Which they're out there, mm-hmm. you know. Um if you don't pay and I try to foreclose, uh, I still got to deal with the first mortgage that's there. So yeah, that's second, not always yeah. the best situation unless you're very well versed in negotiating down the first mortgage terms and trying to you know, basically pay them off at a discount. To get your second. Because we said second, we mean a second mortgage, which means a junior lien. So Correct. that first mortgage that is with the bank has precedent over the second mortgage. Right, exactly. They're in first position. You owe them the most money. They're kind of the big dogs on the playground when it comes to that little moment. Got it. So I connected them with a potential investor that I knew was creative in my world. And and uh, we put together um, more of a uh, commercial situation. I said, listen, well, let me back up. I said, you can't get a regular loan, period. So you should actually sell your house because mm-hmm. you have about over 150000 in equity. Cut your so losses. We had equity in the house. So we actually yeah. was, he was in a good spot. Yeah, I forgot to mention. That's yeah, basically the reason that. why we were even <laughs> able to come having here. a conversation and trying yeah. to figure it out. So it's you're just going into the early stages of foreclosure, which means you have time to put it on the market, sell it for top dollar. The property was in good condition. Cash out over 150000 pay the bank out, don't actually go into foreclosure, recover, mm-hmm. and get your life back in order. Ah, uh, the girls are in high school, they don't want to move, emotional ties, the whole nine, right? Holding on to it. Exactly. I understand. I said, listen, no matter how we try to, you know, point you in the right direction, that's the number one best bet Yeah, for you. definitely. I mean, you got equity in the house. You know, sell the house. You take a hit from the back payments you didn't pay, but you're going to survive. No foreclosure. You can land on your feet. and Anything else is going to cost you. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to stay. I want to stay. I want to stay. I want to stay. So remember, I, my first consult was <laughs> sell this property. Mm-hmm. So he was like, no, I don't want. To. I said, listen, I know a guy. I could put you in touch with him. And, you know, whatever. I don't, I'm out type thing. I don't want to get involved in this situation. Because I got the whole, you know, like I'm, uh, I'm a lender, so yes, I gotta watch and be careful. Watch you do, yeah, watch what you do. But so my guy was like, "How can I help this guy out?" This and that. So we put together a possible deal where they were working it out, where um, it was gonna be instead of him. Oh, because the second option was we'll buy it, pay off the first mortgage, a. Rent it back to him. Rent it back to you, and then you're going to try to buy it back from us. But we're going to sell it to you at a... Basically, you would buy it, do like a rent-to-own lease option. Exactly, rent-to-own and and sell it back. buy it back to you. I said, but brother, you missed one payment. I'm telling (laughs) you right now, you will not have a chance to buy this back. You will be out. Mm -hmm. So, in that end... I mean, you're being, you know, you're... Disclosing uh, everything up front. 100%. You know, so he knows where he's at, where you're at, and this is business. You so. have to because if you don't, then when later on, if you do have to get that person out, you better believe when he gets an attorney, they're coming after you saying as a foreclosure defense that you took advantage of them. Definitely. And that's where you got to be extremely careful whenever you're dealing with these type of situations because they'll 
you'll eventually get the property if you did things the right way and you weren't being shady about it. But that's what takes a foreclosure process to a year, eight months, a year, (laughs) because they're going to, you know, get petty with it. I I mean, I've seen some go on for years, especially down here in Miami. I mean, Florida in general, I've seen some where, you know, someone's been there in foreclosure for five, six years. I don't know how how it gets to that point, but... That, that means almost everything was wrong. Paperwork must have been wrong. There must have been some shady stuff there. Now, I know back in the day when the courts were filled with the cases, then at that point, it was just not enough judges and not enough hours in the, the day. The low, yeah. Now, with a good attorney, depending on, you know, if you're doing them, if if you're doing them, let's say, on the private lending side and it was to a corporation, you should be able to get it knocked out super fast, three months, average time, six to eight months. Got it. So you gave him those options, right? First option was sell it. He didn't want to do that. Correct. Second option was, hey, well, we'll do sell it, it himself. Just make sell the it, money. Yeah. Second option is we buy it off of you, pay off the loan, and then rent it back to you. And then we're going to come to a determined price point. Now, lock it down, we'll do a rent to own, and then you could buy it back from us. There is a little bit of a risk factor there because not every bank is going to um, want that chain of title where he like mm-hmm. got bailed out, you and know, yeah. and then wanted because he wanted to hurry up and buy it back in a year. Mm-hmm. I said they're gonna see you were in pre foreclosure. You you got those issues, so we got to find a non QM or a portfolio style lender. It's not gonna be a traditional conventional lender to be comfortable with this. And at the same time, the investor who buys this off of you, the investment team who buys this off of you. I mean, it's going to foreclose on... I mean, it's going to take that property from you if you miss one rent mm-hmm. to own yep. payment. Definitely. So there is a risk factor there. So he wasn't too comfortable with that. Plus, you're going to buy it back at a premium, uh, obviously. Yeah. They're not going to do it for free. So the third option was it's easier for you to refinance and pay somebody off than it is to try to buy it back because you stay being the owner the whole time. So with these non-QM portfolio lenders, so how can I was thinking, how can I keep you on the property, which makes you feel better, but still make it, you know, where whoever is helping you as from the investment side. When you say um, non-QM, just kind of break down what that what that is for people who might not know. Like non-qualified mortgage. So so because he's not gonna he can't qualify for the traditional, traditional conventional mortgage, mortgage. So non QM non QM style or I like to say portfolio that makes people understand yeah. it better and but yeah in our jargon it's mm-hmm. non QM <laughs> um, so my whole thing that I was trying to do is how can I make it worth for the investor for your investor that's gonna come help exactly, him out exactly that's gonna come help him out but still make it worth it for him and allow him to be able to pay it back. And not get screwed in a year or two, assuming he does make all the on-time payments. And he's now that he got a job again, ready Mm -hmm. to take back his house and his life, you know? Like a true solution. Like, I'm really trying to figure it out for him. So you're talking about, you said the best solution at this point would be for him to refinance it down the road, is what you're saying? This is not the best solution because selling the house was. (laughs) Yes. The one left to try to make everybody happy was, how can I keep you on this title on this property as the owner so that I can refi you in a year or two, assuming everything works out perfect. You make on-time payments, you keep your job, and now your credit is recovered. 
And so we that's can get you back that's, on this That was deal. my question about the credit, right? So obviously his credit took a hit from the late payments. So of course. You can see someone after being able to make their payments. 12 months. For 12 months being able to go back to the These bank. These portfolio and, non-QM lenders want to at least see a good 12 months payment history for them to start considering exceptions and got it. And, okay. and forget that, you know, you had some late payments or you went into pre-foreclosure. At that point, you could find aggressive style lenders to at least start. Worst case scenario, 24 months. So uh, we were able to structure a deal where if he gave up his homestead and turned this into a re- essentially an investment property and, and opened up a corporation, that way, whether he wants to rent it, stay in it, whatever his decision is, it's no longer his homestead. Mm-hmm. Um, puts it under the corporate name, but he's the owner of the corporation. Mm-hmm. The investor lends the corporation a business loan okay. for the $23,000 with the rights of buying shares of that corporation. And the terms of the agreement of that business loan is if you don't pay it back, we become sole owners of the corporation. Got it. So, super creative. Super, yeah, I mean, that is. I mean, you're talking about shares, yeah. <laughs> you know, corporation, um, loaning the corporation to pay off the back debt. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got really creative with that one. Definitely. Yeah. So, it was structured. Mm-hmm. He was comfortable with it. Um, everything got pretty much put on paper so that it's all. So, you guys had all that. You, you talked to him about that. He looked it over. He was fine with it. And again, I remember right before. So the terms was twenty three thousand. You're gonna pay it back at such and such such interest rate. It was gonna be like three hundred or four hundred dollars a month interest only that he was paying per month on top of his mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the current mortgage payment because that was an advantage for him too. He had a good more loan on there. So because his main issue at first was he was he lost a job, right? He lost right. His income, so he so fell behind. That. Not that he couldn't afford the current payment which was actually very affordable. He just didn't have the ability to come up with the money to catch up and pay the 20-something thousand he owed. And the bank just wasn't willing to work with him anymore because they already did, you know, a few years before, (laughs) before he fell into layoff and all the issues. So again, let's recap. You're going to pay back the 23. You're going to pay three to $400 a month on top of the mortgage. And when it's time to pay these guys off, you have to buy out their shares of the corporation for an additional $30,000. So in total, he was going to end up paying back with the closing costs and everything, like $60,000 to be able to take back the property. Then at that point, you can refi him. He's the owner of the corporation who's always been the owner. And you can literally refi and pay uh, he, he does a regular refi cash out mm-hmm. and then he can use he can that money to the... pay off and cancel the corporate loan, buy back the shares and call it a day and, and be the sole owner of the property wow. without no, a problem. That's, that's definitely cre- I mean, I didn't even know you could structure it that way. I didn't know either until we got <laughs> together with the attorney, a corporate. Okay. Again, the know, team. Yeah, the team the got team. together. We kind of put this together um, and we were going to run with it. So long story short, Again, I told them, yes, you're going to end up paying at, when it's all said and done what you owe plus an extra $30,000 because that's what's that's in it for it. the investor. Exactly. And three to 400 bucks a month on top of your mortgage. But you get to keep your house and there's still over $100,000 in equity. So 
you know, not. I mean, that's what he wanted. You gave him the other options at the beginning. You can right. sell it, walk away with equity. You but can... again, I reminded him, <laughs> or you can just turn around, sell the property, sell it, list it. Mm-hmm. I have the realtor for you, which the investor that was considering, you know, doing this deal with him and what had agreed to it is was married to a, a, a realtor, a, an agent. Amazing. So I was like, look, or we just get you the agent to represent. Either way, we'll. You're good. Like, mm-hmm. we have the solution for you. Dude showed up to the closing table, said, no, I want to keep the house. That's I I clearly understand. Um, because that's, I always look at the deals because we're tied into the relationships with realtors. We have the lending company. And then we have the investment team. We're going to help some way or another. And we're going to figure out a solution. And somewhere. there's still revenue no, to be made no Definitely. matter what. Unlike just, you know, some traditional investors that they're only looking for the yeah. discounted deal and mm-hmm. that's it. And if it doesn't work out, they're Again, out. the toolbox, your toolbox is full with different exactly. kinds of tools and strategies to Which to solve honestly, the dude, I like it that way because I'm like, look, no matter what you decide, I'm good. I'll be able to help you. We both make money. You get what you want. I solve your problem. I make some money. So mm-hmm. there's I'm not trying to pressure you into any Way like list the property, I got you. Yep. If not, yep. do this deal, I got you. Or if not, let's lend you know, refi it out, and I got you. Again, you're giving it, you, you know, you're giving a client options, right? right? You talk about problem solving. You're giving them options to solve the problem, and hey, you you choose the option. I'm gonna give you my opinion what the best option is to me, but you choose the option that works best for you. Exactly. So, long story short, dude shows up at the closing table. I don't go to the closings. My attorney yeah. handles it, and. Um, he says, man, you know, I couldn't sleep all night, basically got cold feet. Um, I'm going to sell the property. Goes back to what I had originally had, like an hour conversation with the guy in the initial consultation to do in the first place. So like my attorney calls, hey, listen, you know, this guy just walked out. He didn't sign anything. Have you talked to him? I said, no, he didn't tell me anything. But no problem. I'll give him a call. I give him a call later on that day. Hey, what's up, boss? Such and such I heard happen. Talk to me. What you got in mind? No, yeah, this and this. I say, yeah, man, not a problem, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I you know, you. I'm so sorry, wasting your time. Look, I'm going to take care of the attorney's, you know, fees for doing the work because I know basically it was done. Mm-hmm. It was just sign and, and execute yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I'll take care of the attorney fees. I, you know, I'm coming up as soon as I sell. I'll pay it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I already told her we, I signed an agreement. So she's protected on that end from the job that she did. Um, and then he was like, I'm really sorry. I'm embarrassed. I know you were trying to help me. The dude was very thankful because he knew I was being transparent and legit. And he ended up doing what I first told him to do. So I said, listen, not a problem. Um... Well, he goes, how much should I pay you, man? Because I know you took time and you mm-hmm. found me the guy and blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, you don't owe me nothing. That's what I do. Bring me as many referrals as possible. Um, but, you know, one thing I do ask is obviously let's let who's one of the best agents I work with, you know, sell the house for you. Like I had told you originally. <laughs> From the get-go. He's like, oh, <laughs> this morning I signed the listing agreement oh, my with the top agent who's always farming his community because she really knows the community. So that was the part that I was like, dude, <laughs> first of all, so the agent that he's, that he feels 
because of their marketing in the community, he feels is the top. Yeah, because he gets a postcard every month. Exactly, which means nothing. Says that they are the number one person in that community. He went with them. But like what he was really saying is, I didn't call you first. I didn't call you. Because I didn't even, even when he went to the attorney's office, he already knew he was back. out. You didn't out. know until the attorney called you. Exactly. So, so like, like, you wouldn't know. He, he would have went there, came back. And I never called them to this day because I never let anybody feel bad. Like at the end of the day, dude, I, I, I'm yeah. all right. Yep. So I wasn't depending on that deal to pay my mortgage. So I don't ever burn a bridge, mm-hmm. even though that was foul. Like mm-hmm. you didn't even have the decency to call me. And how much time did you guys have invested into? I mean, cause obviously the, the solution that you came up with that he was going to go sign the closing table was pretty complex. I yeah. Mean, well, my attorney pretty much did easy. most of the heavy lifting. So I wanted to make sure she was going to get paid. And they did guarantee me that, that they signed an agreement and she was going to get paid. And if not, I would have took a loss and mm-hmm. taken care of the attorney for the legwork. You know, I my initial consultation with them to try to figure out the deal was an hour and maybe another handful of calls throughout the couple of weeks. So I didn't spend that much time more than I don't think I spent more than two hours on the deal. Yeah, now you personally, but you you put a team together. Oh yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. So at least you know. the attorney will make some money on the deal for her, you know, for her time and effort. And and I felt bad for the investor who yeah. kind of you know was like willing to do this deal to. And I feel bad for obviously the agent that is married to him because she, they're the ones who, who could have easily helped them out either way. Mm-hmm. And this dude didn't have the decency to first call me, whether he signed an agreement or not with someone else to list the property to at least say, "Hey, I woke up, I couldn't sleep. I'm, I think I'm gonna back out of this deal." And then we take it from there. No, he woke up, called some other realtor. <laughs> Sign so the listing agreement. You guys have been helping him out, working with them, you know, counseling him through this whole situation. Yeah. He wakes up, cold feet, makes a phone call. Boom. Signs a listing agreement with some other realtor off of a postcard. Um, then I've comes to that. the office to, to talk to the attorney and work something out with her. And then the still doesn't bother calling me. <laughs> like, ever. <laughs> What'd you do to him, Kevin? <laughs> nah. <laughs> no. So... <laughs> You know, whatever. I said, listen, all right, okay. I mean, you know, if that's the way it's going to be. That's the key, be. though. I mean, you can't you can't stress over that. You yeah. know, also, like you said, you won't burn a bridge over it. You know, you know it was foul. Yeah. It wasn't done correctly. But hey, you know what? That's part of the business. It happens. That's definitely part of the business. But anyways, take the creative side of this story. Which yeah. I was, I, I was cool about it but I was like I didn't even know we could even structure something like yeah, that yeah the, the the selling the shares back from the corporation is something I haven't heard before so that, that I've never heard now. of that before so when it was brought to the table I was like hmm? I mean listen everything when it comes to court you know you gotta have to figure if you ever have to take it to court and you have to explain and it was a risky deal mm-hmm. all across the board but there wasn't See, that much good. money to put up to say you know what? If 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 this works out perfect, this might be a little That's avenue right. here. Definitely. Definitely, I wouldn't do something like that for hundreds of thousands of dollars, but for fifteen, twenty. I, that's definitely Yeah something. and what It was like a two year deal. I two mean, year was there deal. was there a term in there like a two year contract on two there? Year. And you guys going to pretty much 
He's got two years to pay. He was going to make more than double his money. Your investor was. Exactly. Over that two years. So you can't complain about that. So, I mean, that's definitely thinking outside of the box. Something we keep trying to say. Like, if you look at that, if you just look at that deal as one way, like, I can either just sell it or, you know, buy it and, and, uh, and ran it, back. it out, you know, you wouldn't have made, made sense of that, but you guys were able to get to another solution, you know. Yeah, which didn't have to cost $225,000 exactly. to bail him out. Yep. So if he would have signed, we would have been in that deal right now. So it was almost a deal. Almost a deal. But hey, you got the experience of, of structuring that. So now the next time the situation now comes, I got it boom, in my you got it right there. Exactly, right? So you got something over here, you know you know how to structure and use. Like, okay, that fits that. Let's, let's do that right now. So. Exactly. Perfect, perfect. That's awesome. a wrap. That's a wrap, man. Well, hey, that's definitely a thinking outside the box. Yes, sir. <laughs> Which is what we try to do every day. And uh, good story. I mean, you know, I feel bad the guy walked away from you. He didn't like you that much, but hey. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, you did a good job. You did it. I mean, you put your the time out there and try to help him out. That's just what happens. When you help people we out, we help them out not for the money, but we like helping people out. You know, you can't always guarantee. Is that honestly this whole investing side is try to help people out. And you both could win. Exactly. Definitely. That's just the way I look at it. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, my brother. To the next episode. To the next episode, man. Hey, thank you once again for listening to Shut Up and Invest. If you guys are motivated at the thought of continuing your real estate journey with us, then visit shutupandinvest.com. There you can join our community and take advantage of more free resources. And don't forget, please like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast so you're first to hear our new content every week. Most importantly... Get active and don't forget to shut up and invest.